today? Awesome. Coming to church on a holiday weekend is extra credit in heaven, just so you know. God told me this morning. And so uh, you got an extra room on your mansion in Jesus' name. Not true, but always funny. Uh, hey, we take a moment before we get uh, to Pastor Tyler and your, your questions uh, today. I also want to take this moment to, to highlight what we're able to do together. We're, we're only together for an hour or so a week, and, and what you and I get to do throughout uh, our community, our nation, and the world is, is pretty special. Uh, and this week, uh, we heard from one of our amazing uh, partners uh, in town, in which we partner with, and we get to give away uh, uh, 500 boxes of food uh, every single month. One more child. It's our, our largest, uh, one of our largest partners, uh, and we are their largest church partner in Central Florida. So we just renewed for three more years. We're able to do that every single week for, for kids in need and families in need. So thank you so much for your generosity, both with your time and your resources. We get to really make a difference together. So without further ado, Pastor Tyler, say hey to everybody this morning. Hey, everybody this morning. Great job. Yeah. yeah you're so original. Yeah. 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 Been practicing all week for that. Reading the teleprompter. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, welcome to Q and A weekend. Uh, this is one of our favorite uh, weekends because it is completely unscripted, unrehearsed. If you can't tell already, uh, and so we're just kind of at the mercy of the people today. Uh, what you text in is what we will do our best to get yeah, to. Yeah, if you and complain so, about the service today, you're the problem. And so you say, "I didn't like church." Go home, look at the mirror, and be better. Yeah, yeah. It, be better. It, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for growth like that yeah. today. And so we're looking forward to that. Uh, real quick, kind of functionally, the number is on the screen for everybody at every location. That's the number to text in. That is not my personal cell phone. That's not Pastor Justin's personal cell phone. So don't text it at like 2 a.m. thinking you're going to get some pastoral care. That yeah. inevitably happens every time we do Q&A weekend. It really, you get a ton of yeah. People that are like, I text you, you didn't text me back. It's a, it's a, it's a Google number, I'm pretty yeah. sure. They were, yeah. yeah, but we're going to do our best to get to them. One thing I, I do want to add, if you're texting that number, your questions, just add the location that you're texting from. We want to really do our best to include as many of you uh, as we can. So include Oviedo, include Sanford, include online, include Winter Park if you're here, right? And so we can kind of do our best to kind of spread it all out and get to as many questions as we can. And one thing I want to add that we're doing new this time with Q&A okay. is we're actually going to be sitting down with uh, Pastor Justin and Dr. Hunter in a couple of days. We're going to film a continue uh, Q&A process there. So we're going to film like a 30-minute extension to today to get to some of the questions that we aren't able to answer today. Inevitably, right. we always have a whole list of questions. Uh, we're like, man, I wish we could have got to that, but we only have 34 minutes here. Yep. So We also use the questions. Uh, we're archiving a lot of them for future uh, teachings and series as well. So we, a lot of this helps us shape uh, yep. kind of the future of, yep. of what, we, what we share here on Sundays. Yep. And so uh, I wanted to um, kind of ask and get us going here with, with all of this stuff is uh, I wanted to... Um, ask a little bit about, we've got action ministry training happening and it's coming up mm -hmm. next Sunday. It actually starts. Could you just kind of talk quickly about that to kind of get everybody uh, a good understanding yeah, of it? It's something we've been, been dreaming about for a while. Um, and it's going to be on Sunday nights at five 30, uh, and really, uh, an extra training for the believer. Uh, Dr. Hunter is going to be teaching it Primarily this summer, I know you're going to be a part of it, and, and uh, Pastor Trent from Obito is going to be a part of teaching. This summer's been kind of based on uh, apologetics, what does the Bible say, and what does it actually look like to live out what the Bible says, both yep. getting it inside of you and then living it out in a practical way. Really, the kind of the tagline is an, an external focused faith, that our faith should not just be something that we come on Sundays and consume, but we should really live it out, yep. and really teaching us how to 
what we should believe, what the Bible says, and then how to live that out practically in loving people well. And Dr. Hunter and I have been talking quite a bit over the months, and, and really the, this idea that those of us who are still listening and learning should be teaching by now. We should be out living out our faith. And too many Christians settle for a safe and secure faith where we just come and sit and watch other people do it. And so we want to send you out, but as we send you out, we want you to be equipped with the Bible and, and, and practical yep. teachings. And yep. so it's going to be really, really great. I can't wait to be a part of it in, in the future. Uh, we'll have childcare provided, yep. 530 here at Winter Park for, I believe, eight weeks this summer. Yep, no and, registration yep. needed. Just show up next Sunday, 530 right here. And then so. we'll uh, we'll continue that kind of in a semester base. That, along with small groups, basically, if you're just coming here an hour a week, we love that you're here, uh, but you're never, uh, at Action Church, we exist to, to reach people where they are, connect them to everything God has for their life. You're never going to connect to all that God has for your life, becoming a disciple of Jesus just right. by attending once a week. Right. It's got to be serving. It's got to be learning. It's got to be giving. It's got to be taking the next steps in your faith. Yeah. And so I believe this is a great part, of, a big part of, of Action Church uh, teaching and equipping as a part of connecting to all that God has for your life. Yeah, great. We're looking forward to that. Uh, so, hey, we've got uh, 27 minutes and 35 seconds. I'm going to ask questions. You're in the hot seat, and Far you're going to answer. All right? We got a lot coming in here. Uh, I, I just want to start just because uh, I'm interested in how you're going to answer this one. Uh, what is your favorite Taylor Swift era? Oh, got a Swifty in the room. Oh, huh? a Swifty in the room. T Swift. Uh, I, I stop. I, I'm not a not a fan. She's she's fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm a big country fan. So when she exited country, she exited my playlist. And yeah. so I do yeah. country and worship. You know, yeah. God and country. That's what I do. <laughs> God, country, and Alabama football. You yeah. know what I mean? Roll time. Yeah. Okay. I think all of those are equally important, not actually, but close. We, we did have a big roll tie first service. It we had a huge roll tie first service, first. yeah. It was, he was very passionate. Very passionate. Yeah, very passionate. Yeah, he, he was actually the perfect embodiment of <laughs> most Alabama fans. Yeah. <laughs> Loud and obnoxious. Yeah, that's, that's right. Hey, uh, let's, go, let's get serious for a second. What is, what is the difference or the distinction between forgiveness and reconciliation? Ooh. Yeah, really, really went we from, went from Taylor Swift to yeah. Deep End uh, very, very quickly. Um, they're complete opposites, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's forgiveness, which is for you. Like, if somebody hurts you, let's say it's, it's, it's real trauma, like abuse, uh, habitual adultery, trauma, uh, just ugly things. Uh, forgiveness is so that you can move on. Uh, we've been forgiven of, of all of our sins, <clears throat> therefore it's mandated that we forgive if we're believers, but just practically speaking, we talk about all the time, ha harboring unforgiveness is not hurting them, it's hurting you, <laughs> especially if they were abused, or they're, they're not hurt that you're hurting, <clears throat> you're just hurting yourself, right? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die, like it, it's you. In restoration, you need restoration in your life, but you don't all the time need reconciliation. Yeah. So if people have crossed boundaries, there should be new boundaries set up. And based on the trauma or the abuse, those boundaries should be further and further away from your life. And so I can forgive you and never reconcile with you. Mm. I have several people in my life personally that I have to forgive, and I want restoration for me, and I want restoration for them. But there will never be reconciliation because that would be poor judgment, that'd be poor stewardship of my life, my mental health, my emotional health. And so reconciliation is, may never be possible. Yeah. And you hear, well, that's just not, that's not giving it to God. No, if people have put up a, 
a habit of hurting you and others, it would be a lack of wisdom to allow them back in yeah. to a certain level of your life. And so forgiveness and reconciliation can be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Is reconciliation speaking to the, the temporal, the relational, the, the, the physical that's how kind I, of dynamic? That's how I'm defining it, yeah, that yeah. we're back in a relationship. Yeah. And there are some people that you should never be in relationship with yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, you're not, I mean, I'm not trying to be drastic, but if there's somebody that abused you as a child, you would never be in a relationship with them. If somebody that, yeah. that, that was a, you know, murdered somebody, like, you, there's forgiveness. I forgive you, but that doesn't mean I have to be in a relationship with you. And I think as Christians, we've, we've combined the two, and I think that they're totally separate. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, someone's asking a question that is, is going to be part of, we talked about action ministry training just a minute ago. These are some of the questions that we really want to kind of answer in yeah. detail, but I feel like this is a question that a lot of people have about God. Okay. And this person's asking, help me understand uh, how to reconcile the God of the Old Testament who seems so punitive and scary with the loving God of the New Testament. Mm. You always hear he's the same God, but it confuses me. So you got you to gotta see the Bible in its totality that it is one letter written to us, one story written to us, that the central figure is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so the Old Testament, I don't have time, maybe we'll talk about it one night at Action Ministry Training, or somebody will teach on it, but the Old Testament shows us what we deserve without God. It it shows what we deserve without Jesus, without the the grace of Jesus. So here's what man trying to do it on their own produces, which is just a journey following the people of God, Israel, just stumbling, failing, getting it right, stumbling, failing. Like you could never quite get it right. And then Jesus enters the scene that shows us that the only way to a true relationship with God, a fulfilling relationship with God, is the grace of God that only comes through Jesus. So Jesus comes in to bridge the gap. The Old Testament shows us a, a picture of a holy God and an unholy people, and the New Testament gives us the answer yeah. that is the grace that we only receive through Jesus. Yeah. That is a 30-second synopsis yeah. of a probably an hour teaching. For sure. Um, but that's why you see two different things. And and just one more thing with why does why do why do bad things happen to good people. There are no good people. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that the fact that one person would get to eternity with God is the grace of God. And we live in a fallen world yep. and bad things happen because sin entered the world because as men, Adam and Eve and women, they chose a different path. And so we live in a fallen world because of a sin nature, not because of a God that is judging or unloving or condemning. Yeah. Um, and so there's two, there's two big theological yeah. things at play. Both of those would be great. We have those in fundamentals uh, in our curriculum and at action ministry training would be great to discuss further, but those are the yeah. 30,000 foot view. Yeah, he's consistently good in the Old Testament, consistently good in the New Testament, consistently uh, judging in the New Testament, consistently judging in the Old Testament. Romans 1 is a God of judgment, pretty pretty clear. For sure. So, but, uh, now, but, now we, but now we have an answer. Right. Now we have a, a path to reconciliation. It really is. The path of reconciliation is is the relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this person's asking uh, the best strategy for reaching people who are closed-minded about Christianity. Great. Um, stop talking so much and just live differently. If they're closed-minded, you're not going to convince them. In fact, I've never believed that convincing anybody of anything works. Because if you can convince them with one argument, somebody else can come by and convince them with a different argument. Life change only happens through the Holy Spirit. And our job is to introduce the Holy Spirit. 
and I would say it this way, your job is to make the things of God appetizing, not appalling. And so you live a life, you walk through trauma differently, you walk through pain differently, you walk through success differently, you treat people differently, you live an intriguing life. We talked about this last service, and I don't mean to jump back in, but we, one of my favorite hobbies is, is taking people out to dinner, and by the end of the night, we have the server's name, they're sitting down with us usually, they're so excited because we're not just, we're not just here, you're not here to do life separately, no, we're going to spend the next three hours together, you might as well come along for the journey, and we leave there with cell numbers, and they, we've, they became like a part of our group by the end of the night. Why? Because it's intriguing when you're kind, compassionate, you don't talk down to people, you meet people where they are, you're interested in their story. Live all of those ways out in your life, in your schools, in your, in your offices, in your family, and then people begin to say, hey, Tyler, what's, what is, it's intriguing. There's a question. And then when they ask the question, now you have the opportunity to give the answer. Right. When you're just preaching at them, there's not a whole lot of receptiveness. But when they're like, what, what is going on? Why are you treating this? Why are you believe? And then you get an open door to, yeah, to then plant sure. seeds of, of the gospel and of compassion and love. So, Yeah, I feel like there's been a couple questions being asked here. Someone from Oviedo is asking, how do we stand firm on the truth of God's word while also showing grace and love for the lost? Yeah. Some a parents asking, man, our kids seem to be getting attacked right now. How do I best parent? Like, there's just a lot of different uh, questions that I feel like are, are touching on the greater the greater issue, which is, how do we maintain what the Bible calls us to maintain, which is peace in a world mm -hmm. that's completely losing its mind? And so how do we, how do we live in that place? Well, that's probably a whole series. Um, talk about culture. The world's crazy, right? Everybody, everybody can agree that the world's crazy, regardless of <laughs> what political side or what you believe about anything. It's crazy out there. It's crazy in the streets, right? But the, uh, a lie of the enemy is that, oh, my gosh, it's the worst it's ever been. Nobody's ever had it worse. Like, if you, did you skip history? Like, all of it? It's been this bad before. There was sin in the garden. There was Sodom and Gomorrah. There was, I mean, what, what are we talking about? Babylonian Empire, the, the ugliness throughout all of, all of history. It's not worse than before, because sin is sin. And people are people. Right. However, there is a fight worth having, and the fight is fighting for values, fighting for kingdom, eternal concepts. We're fighting for people, not against people. So we're fighting for the things of God, the right. principles of God. We're fighting for our children. Let me put it, I'd like to put a broad brush on it. The true love, the Bible calls, caring for the widows and orphans. So how do we love and fight for people that can't fight for themselves? Yeah. I think that's a mark of, yep. of a great Christian, a great church. We're fighting for the unborn. We're fighting for the marginalized. We're fighting for the people that are left out. We're fighting for the people that are forgotten about. We're fighting for people that, that, that can't do it themselves, that are either disabled or in poverty or immigrated. All the, we're fighting for people that can't fight for themselves. Yeah. Like That is our job. Biblically speaking, we fight for the kingdom of God to advance through the, the gospel and loving people well, and we fight for people that nobody else is fighting for. Yeah. That's what we fight yeah. for, including our kids. So that, 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 that's where it falls into me. It falls into kids at a certain age are not thinking for themselves, and now they're being indoctrinated. They're not, like, they are being told, and our job as parents is to put biblical foundational values of viewing God the right way and viewing people the right way. Yeah. That's not us being against people, by the way, because our fight is not against flesh and blood. So Christians being against 
every person that doesn't believe them is never going to be a high evangelism opportunity. However, we should fight for the values and principles that keep people protected, especially those that can't protect or fight themselves, which would be our families, our kids, and those that are, that are hurting. Yeah, there's something about, <clears throat> well, I'm listening to you talk, and the, the world we live in is so hypercharged, right? And, and, and I sure. mean, it's what, it's what social media does, it's what the me- media, the news, like everything is hypercharged to get you hypercharged, because when you're hypercharged, you only hear your side. Yeah. So how do you, how do you present and teach truth in a way that's not, char- like you have to kind of decharge it in a way to make it received, does that make sense? So, so yeah. how, are, how, are you, how are you doing that? Whether it's like with your, uh, with your kids, whether it's with coworkers, whether it's with friends. You and I talk a lot as parents yeah. and dads and friends. Like, man, how do we, how do we make truth in a, presented in a way that it's just not so offensive or not so well, truth, like, truth is offensive. Yeah. So truth is offensive. The, the Bible is, says it's a double-edged sword. Which means it cuts going in and it cuts coming out and it separates. So truth is offensive because when your life or choices or your beliefs don't line up with the truth, that it's offensive because it it hurts because I have to change something or I have to change truth. And so how do we not make it charged? We don't we don't pick and choose. Christians, we love to pick and choose. Yeah. We love to judge people that sin differently than us. Yeah. We love to pick out other things where I'm going to attack that when I know that I'm hiding this. Yeah. We've all sinned and fallen sh- short of God's glorious standard, and yet we want to stand on soapboxes and boycotts and, and all of these different things that we are going to be against as opposed to looking internally and saying, what am I actually going to fix about me? I just know I got way more to fix about me to worry about what I need to fix about everybody else. Yeah. And I know that they're just struggling, and if their struggle is different, that's fine. I'm going to focus on me, focus on fixing me and, and, and mine, and then allow God to change other people. I think, we, I think we, we get in trouble. We stand on truth. We should never change truth. You can't change truth. That's why it's truth. So that's a dumb argument. Well, you're changing truth. You can't change truth. That's why it's truth. However, we should focus on living that out in a way that, that it's, just, it's just a different way to, like, the grace and truth is I build my life on truth, and then I walk my life with grace and conversations and empathy, not changing the truth, just walking that out differently. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a judging way, but in a, how can we have a conversation way? It's a lot more conversations than preaching. Yeah. Especially when we're talking to people that are different than us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's connected to some of these questions too. How, how do you know the moment to talk truth is there? So if you've been living in grace, you've been modeling it. So I'm thinking now in an adult context, right? Like there's coworkers, there's friends, there's neighbors. Maybe I've been living in my life built on truth. How do I know that door's open to now present the truth? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I know the answer to that. I mean, yeah. if you're living in such a way that the conversation will present itself. Yeah, great. So if I'm like, They'll ask. Come back to early. I'm living a life worth asking questions. You're asking questions, and now yeah. my best way I'm gonna provide the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think some of this conversation is connected too to just the the school. And there've been a couple of questions people asking, "How's the land search going for Oviedo location school? Any other updates?" You talked a little bit about like vision wise, why a school is important to to train and equip and and teach both parents and students that. The, the truth of, of God's yeah. word. So. We feel like, yeah, we feel like it's very important uh, in, in a world um, that really is, in a lot of ways, 
uh, indoctrinating things that are anti-truth and anti-biblical values that we have a, a place uh, for uh, biblical values in, in a Christian worldview to be presented. And so we are very passionate about not just training up uh, in our community and in, in, in our church family, but sending out thousands over the next decades of missionaries with a, a proper view of the Word of God and how to love people well and live out their faith. And so we are full speed ahead uh, looking for land. We've been on our contract three or four times for our Oviedo location and for land that has fallen through due to uh, utility issues or zoning issues or just losing out on a, a price battle. And so uh, if you want to give us a building or land, we'll start a school uh, yeah. next week. Uh, well, next week, maybe August. August yeah. would be a good start. Uh, we are looking for a special permit here to start a preschool. So we're taking every step. So uh, at Action Church, we always have the vision and then we have the resources or the opportunity, and we have what we call the vision gap. And so oftentimes, there's a gap in between, and usually that's either opportunity or finances, and that's where we find ourselves. Right now, uh, we need to prepare ourselves financially, which means our church needs to continue to, to give uh, in a profound way. When we have the project, we will have an opportunity to, to really go above and beyond and fund that project, and then we need to find the opportunity. Yeah. So we are full speed ahead, uh, both with our Winter Park location and any location that we have, looking at ways to start kind of entry level until we're able to find a building or land to, to go all in. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I, I want to take a break here for a minute, come up, get, catch a quick breath of air, then we'll dump, jump right back down okay. into the deep end. Uh, what, what's, what's your song, go-to song right now when you get into the car? I know it's not Taylor Swift. We've established that already. So what is your go-to song when you get in the car? Oh, my gosh. Um, I like the uh, Elevation's new album. Yeah. Uh, trusting God and, and nobody are both great. And then I'm Such really a pastor answer right And there. then I'm I'm really into Luke Combs right now. Yeah. Uh, big like big fan of Luke Combs. Um, I was playing golf with my dad yesterday, four hours just on Luke Combs playlist. And I didn't hear one bad song. Every yeah. song. Every I like song to was celebrate great. his whole catalog. Yeah. yeah it was a yeah. good good four hours of Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Country and God. That's it. <laughs> uh, follow up, any favorite movies? It's so that's just, that's put me on the spot here. Like, do I have to say PG movies because I'm a pastor, or like? I think you've established that already with the answer you gave with the favorite song. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's gonna be like uh, anything from you know the G of PG. You can't even name one. You're, I, you're you're so not a pastor. You can't even name a. a I'm a big fan of pure flicks and Christian made movies. It's uh, <laughs> against all odds. Uh, what's the, running with the giants? Yeah, uh, facing the giants. Uh, Godfather right? one and two have to be my favorite movies. Godfather one and two. Okay. So. Okay. Good. All right. Now we know. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. R close second is facing the giants. Because when he not would, real. That's not real. No, it's awful. Yeah. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Great. That's totally better. Yeah. But Christian movies have come a long way. Oh man. A long way. A long way. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. They're really yeah. getting better. It's great. Yeah. yeah, there was well, a time. There was a time where you were like, "We could do better," and now we are. Yeah, now we are. T to be fair, just because we're in church, I actually didn't watch Jesus Revolution. My wife did on a plane next to me, and yeah. she was bawling like like crazy. We and were so actually on the same good. plane, and uh, Tyler was so such a great husband in this moment. Her neighbor was giving her napkins. <laughs> To cry, and you weren't even noticing. Kelly was yeah. in the middle seat. The yeah. guy next to her, they had they had a moment. Yeah. They were connected. He was like, Jesus Revolution. They were watching it together. Yeah. And he hands her a hanky. Yeah. Yeah. That's a true story. I was like, are you okay? That's a true What's story. wrong with you? My gosh. Yeah. 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 You should be more in tune I'm getting with your relationships. I'm getting yeah. better. Yeah. 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 Now you know. No, thank you. I love how Q&A has turned now on to me. Let's turn the last yeah. nine minutes into a counseling session for Tyler. Yeah. What's wrong with Tyler? Text your number. Uh, yeah. Text your uh, observations. We don't have time. We don't. We don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, let's go back to the deep end. Back to the deep end. Uh, go ahead and let's ask 
this. If God knows your hearts, mm. then is it offensive to ask him for things? Um, if God knows your heart, is no. Like, God, God, it's funny that we hide things from God because he knows everything. Like, he's, <laughs> he's everywhere all the time and he knows everything. He's all-knowing. So it's funny when we're, like, hiding things. It's like, it's like remember when your kids would, like, hide stuff? Or, like, oh, it's like hiding from God. Remember when your kids were, like, two, one, two, three years old and they would hide, but they'd stand in plain sight and just cover their eyes? That's what it looks like to hide things from God. You're just like, he can't see me. He's like, no, I see you. And so we can't hide anything from God, but, but us speaking it out and requesting it allows him to move. Because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and, and faith is our connection to God. Faith is, is, the, is the currency in the kingdom. And so us speaking it out, us asking for it, us declaring it, us praising, us worshiping, is inviting God to, to come in and really giving him, him access. Like he, He's waiting for the access. And faith and prayer and that, that connection piece and that conversation piece is what kind of invites him into those things. I want to also talk about this first service as well. But, but faith, oftentimes we get disappointed when God doesn't answer like we want him to answer because there's been a bad theology that we dictate God's response based on our level of faith. If your faith obligated God to do something, that would mean that you're in control and that he's not. And so we got to make sure that we know that faith is the currency, faith is our responsibility, faith is our role, but our job is to trust and put our faith in God, both eternally and situationally, but that our, our, our faith situationally does not mandate or obligate God to move in any certain way. Now, it could keep him from moving because we're not allowing him to move. We're taking control. We're keeping him out of it. But once we allow him access, he's not going to answer our prayers or, or make our situations turn out the way we want them just because we asked nicely or just because we prayed and fasted. Like, that would make us God. Like, if we controlled the outcome, that would make him less and us more. Yeah. So, Yeah. Let me, let me uh, let's do this. Let's try to get to three more in the okay. time that we have remaining. Uh, I, love, I love this question. This question is asking, knowing what you know now, what would you say to your younger ministry self? I want to I replace the word ministry there and just say at 39 years of age? Eight. 38. 38, 38 years yeah. of age. Looking back on the last adulthood of Justin Daly, would there be any just life perspectives that you wish you would have had at, at 18 or 19 or 20? Yeah, I lived a lot of life the last sure, couple of years. Yeah, sure. a lot of... Uh, Anything you would say to yourself 20 years ago, 15 years ago, or when you really just kind of got right with God? Um, man, I've said this the whole time, so this isn't new. Don't be in a hurry. Uh, we, we get saved or we get excited and we think that we're supposed to accomplish everything God called us to accomplish in like the first six weeks. So slow down. Uh, have a little more fun. Enjoy the journey. Um, understand that earthly success is not kingdom success all the time. That it's well done, good and faithful servant, not good, well done, good and successful servant. That your faithfulness may not look like somebody else's faithfulness. That's good. That you're never going to be called to be anybody that you're not. And that there are only a few people that actually care about you. I would say find your family, find your circle, find who you're doing life with, 
and then you, we, number 10 of our reaction statements, we live to please God, and that's it, and that's the only one you please. But I'm only, I'm only going to trust a few people because we're all sinful. We've all fallen short. We all disappoint. So this is not a, a them thing. This is an all of us thing. But uh, far too often, we, if you're going into ministry or you're calling, you get obsessed with what people think because it's a people business. And I'm just here to tell you, you got to live to please God and be the most famous person and the most well-known person in a very small circle yeah. as opposed to trying to impress a lot of people. Because when you impress, you impress them one week, and then they'll hate you the next week. Let me give a quick example. Yeah. The golfer, uh, Michael Block, who just was yeah. amazing two weeks ago in the PGA, he was a hero for a week. He made one bad comment, and then he was being crucified online. When, you, when you're going to ministry, ministry is influence. The same people that will be with you on the way up will kill you on the way down, and so don't live your life, whether it be your small group, whether it be your Bible study, whether you're going into full-time ministry, whether you're building a business that's going to have kingdom influence, just live to please God and that's it, and then have a few trusted people that can both celebrate you and hold you accountable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in the context of relationships and in church, this person's asking from Oviedo, give your thoughts on, on people that still believe in God, but maybe have given up <clears throat> On church, they no longer see the value in church because it's comprised of people that are going to disappoint you. They're going to let you down. They're going to even, in some instances, hurt you. So, talk about the value of the church, even I mean, in spite of that. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against this. The only thing that God is building until He comes back. So, I don't, I don't understand how you can be a Christian and not be in church. Yeah, some version of church it doesn't have to be a big church. It doesn't have to be a, a church in a building. If if you're do not forsake the gathering together, for the end is near, for the day is near. It's, it's in Hebrews, right? Like we, yeah. So there is no such thing as a Christian that doesn't gather with other believers. Right. Like, that's not possible. Like, it says, don't do this. So, like, it is, it is a thing. It's like, and the, the church is called the bride of Christ. Again, not action church, not the American church, the church. The gathering of the saints is the bride of Christ. So if, if it's the bride and he is the bridegroom, it's like saying, well, I love the bridegroom, but I hate his wife. Well, we ain't going to be friends very long. If you're like, well, I love you, but I hate Gabby. Well, we have a problem. Yeah. And that problem is you're not in a relationship. And so there has to be some context in which you are a part of a local body of believers that is opening up the word of God, that is worshiping, and that is making a difference in your community. Like yeah. That is a mandate, great commission. Go into the world and make disciples. Disciples need a place to congregate. It's called the local church. And yeah. so we can look in so many different ways, house church, mega church, mini church, street church, it doesn't matter where it is or how it is, but the gathering of believers cannot be forsaken and to say that you have a, a, a confident, fulfilling, authentic relationship with God. Follow also, one more yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll be a little bit over. We got, we're fine. Okay. Also, it, people hurt people. The church has never hurt anybody. Just like a company's never had given you a bad experience. Somebody at the restaurant gave you a bad experience. Like, I've, you, Chick-fil-A didn't give you a bad experience. The person working at Chick-fil-A gave you a bad experience. So you don't give up on Chick-fil-A because you had a bad manager at the location you went to. You go back next week. So the enemy is used, oh, I'm, I'm hurt by the church. There's no such thing. The church is not a person. People have hurt you, and they've done it over and over again, but people hurt people everywhere. Right. And so I would say don't give up on the only thing God is building because you've had a bad experience with a person. Yeah, that's good. And I'm not saying you have to reconcile with that person. Go back to forgiveness. As a believer, we should forgive them. But reconciliation may be different. You may need a new church. You may need a new version of church, a different looking church to help you heal. I'm not saying you have to go back where you were that hurt you. That'd be crazy. 
what I'm saying is don't give up on the thing God is building because you had a bad experience with a person. Right, right. Yeah, great. There's, uh, there's, there's people angry with that, but it's, hel- it's helping you. If you'll actually lean into that and let the Holy Spirit lead you and not the enemy deceive you, if you lean into that, I think you will find a place where you can heal, be restored, and fulfill your calling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this person is asking a, a question connected to that. Does, does going to church regularly make me a better ch- Christian? So, like, if I go once a month as opposed to four times a month? Um, going to, does going to church make you a better Christian? Um, not necessarily. I mean, you can fake it anywhere. Yeah. But I would say it's not going to hurt. Like, I was, you got a better chance of becoming a better person if you're in church every week as opposed to, like, just sleeping at home. Or doing something different. So yeah, it, it couldn't hurt to come more. But no, church, just attending is not going to save you. It, it, is, it is allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to give your life to Jesus, and then to walk that out. The only thing that's going to change your life is allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you, and constantly be working in you and through you, which the context of the vehicle of that is the local church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got one more? Yeah, sure. I think I think it's a good place to to stop, um, in the sense that there have been two or three questions of people saying, "Hey, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. People know I'm a Christian, and that's great." But it's also challenging because they're asking me questions that I have zero answers for. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do when I find myself in those situations? It's what, part of the reason we're starting Action Ministry Training. Yeah. Cheap, cheap plug there, but yeah. that's happening because we want to resource people with the information to have those conversations. But what do I do if I don't know? The worst thing you can do is talk about something that you don't know. (laughs) What people are looking for from Christians is authenticity. It's attractive. It's real. The best thing you can say if you don't know is, I don't know. That's a great question. How about I go read and you go read and study and let's have a follow-up conversation next week. Because now you just said, I'm not arrogant, I'm humble. I don't know everything, but I do know that I love God, but I don't know the answer to that question. So why don't you go research it, I'll go research it, and now let's set up another meeting to talk about God right. that I love. That now I'm gonna get better and hopefully have a chance to continue this conversation with you about my faith, about yep. Christianity, about the gospel. And so just be more authentic in all questions in all of life. Just be more real. If, if us as a church would just be more authentic I think it would give us access to have more conversations to lead people to Jesus. It is the condescending, arrogant version of Christianity that I know and that you don't know that separates when authenticity, I think, gives us access. Yeah, Yeah, agree. That's great. Well done? Yeah, that's a great place to start. Let's give it up for Pastor Tyler. Thank you, bud. He always does such a great job, and we do pay for his counseling after being up here with me for our Q&A weekends. Hey, uh, we're going to close service like we, we always do. Uh, we never gather uh, at Action Church uh, without an opportunity to, to present the gospel. Uh, and even Q&A weekends, uh, we saw dozens of people for service. Why? Because it's not, a, uh, it's not a presentation. It's not a sermon. It's not the words that I use that lead people to repentance. It, it is the gospel. And I'm going to share that in just a moment. But it's the Holy Spirit that leads men and women to repentance. It is the Holy Spirit that allows people to receive this relationship with Jesus. And I believe through worship and through our prayers and through maybe your questions being answered through our our biblical principles and verses we've shared today, I believe the Holy Spirit is in all of our rooms 
And he had a divine appointment with some of you today. And today is your day of salvation or your day of, of recommitment. So I want to give that opportunity right now across all of our locations. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus is the perfect son of God. And that's important because you and I never could be. We talked about the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus enters the scene. And that's when grace enters. Grace, the only thing that could reconcile an unholy people with a, with a holy God. So Jesus lived a perfect life for 33 years, dying a sinner's death on the cross, being raised to new life. His life gave him access to die as a substitute. He lived perfectly because you and I never could. And if you're honest, you know that, that we always fall short, that left to our own devices, our, our own standards, our own actions, that we just never measure up. He lived perfect for you so he could die a sinner's death as you because he had never sinned. He was able to take your place, taking your sin and your shame and giving you access to his righteousness. That God no longer sees you as you are. He sees you as he sees his son, Jesus. The resurrection gives us access to victory. It cancels the power of sin in the grave. Bible tells us we confess with our mouth, Romans 10, confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we can and will be saved. And I want to give you that opportunity today to, to, to give Jesus access to everything. The word Lord is important when we confess because it gives him control. So that means the decision you're making today, that the Holy Spirit is leading you to make, is a decision of submission and surrender. So if you want to do that today for the first time ever, or more of a, a fresh start, a, a recommitment today. I want to give that opportunity right now across all of our locations. If that's you, Pastor Justin, count me, and I am receiving Jesus today, or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus today. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I, I want to start that relationship. I, I want to begin again that relationship today. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, ma'am. Two or three on the floor, yeah. The stadium, San Fernando. More in the back. You can put your hands down. Pray this in your heart. As I pray it out loud, say this. Say, God, I love you. God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge today that I am a sinner. And I'm saved only by your grace. I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And I give you that place in my life, complete control. Thank you for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us today. I pray that we would, when we search, when we question when we doubt that we would bring it to you we go to your word your ways we allow the presence of the living God to, to move in us and through us we'd understand that you are the answer to every question that we have we trust you today it is in Jesus name that we pray and everybody here said amen and amen can we celebrate all the decisions today so proud of you Always honored to share this moment with you.